This is a Texas Poets Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Soros. Each month, we interview a well-known Texas poet to learn about the writing of poetry, the poetic landscape of Texas, and a poem written by another Texas poet. Today's program features Larry D. Thomas. Larry is the 2008 Texas Poet Laureate and is revered for his vivid images of Texas people and places, as well as his generous friendships with other Texas poets. In addition to his 10 full-length poetry collections and his chapbooks, Larry's poems appear in many literary journals and anthologies. His work has been honored with the Texas Review Poetry Prize, two Western Heritage Awards, and the Violet Crown Book Award, as well as five Pushcart Prizes. In 2009, he was inducted into the Texas Institute of Letters. Larry spent many years living in Houston during his career in social service and adult criminal justice work. More recently, he has retired to Alpine, Texas, where he continues to write. Hello, Larry. Hello, Stephen. Uh, Right quickly, I would like to thank you very much, along with Terry Miller and Ann McCready, for inviting me to participate in the interview today. I'm very honored. And it's a pleasure to have you with us today. I think anyone who wants to understand your poetry better only has to listen to uh, what you say about the qualities you admire in other poets, such as dispassionate clarity, inherent wonder uh, of common objects, the use of imagination, and so on. Thank you, Stephen. Larry, each month we invite our guest poet to share a poem by another Texas poet. What poem have you chosen for us today? I have selected the Texas Country Reporter Interviews the Famous Poet by Jerry Bradley. Uh, Jerry Bradley, who is currently professor of English at Lamar University, has authored six books, three of which are literary criticism and three of which are critically acclaimed collections of poetry. His poetry titles are Simple Versions of Disaster, The Importance of Elsewhere, and Crown Feathers and Effigies, from which the selected poem is taken. Bradley is a member of the Texas Institute of Letters. Uh, That's just a brief bio of Mr. Bradley. Uh, The selected poem from his work is an excellent example of his brilliant use of wit and irony, which, in my humble opinion, are two of the hallmarks of his poetry. Other important recurring themes or subjects of Bradley's poems are the nuances of troubled human love and the resilience of the human heart damaged by human misery. Sadly, human misery, if we live very long at all, is something we can always count on coming our way. His poems are consistently executed with a keen sense of poetic craft and team with original images, both classical and contemporary. Let's listen now to Jerry Bradley himself reading The Texas Country Reporter Interviews the Famous Poet. The Texas Country Reporter Interviews the Famous Poet. Come in, come in, you said when the van pulled to the curb. Iced tea? 
just a cameraman and a lone reporter a long way from Dallas. Inside, it's soft leather, AC, pictures, family, friends, you in uniform with your foot upon the hub of a jet, gazing off toward the wild blue. Is this the street, one asks, where you were caught in the tar, where your brother rescued you? How far to the ranch, your herd, he wonders, putting down his sweating glass. So it's stories and not poems they have come for. To see where the squirrels squeeze through the soffit and rampage the attic all winter. They want to see for themselves where heat lightning struck the old bull. All the made-up things. The windmill with the damaged blades. Sucker rods complaining loudly in the wind. A pond where wild ducks might float by. Barbed wire stretching to the horizon. The trough where you baptize the dog. There are no horses or cows, no mules, no ranch to confess to. The camera stays unpacked, disappointed. It wants not exactly lies, but not truth either. Imagine them, you want to say, but these are men who cannot imagine something they've already seen. And because the sky is overcast and irregular, they can't even trace the clouds with a finger. They are pointless, the sky seems to say, so you don't have to, as you envisage the door of an unreal barn closing. Tell us, Larry, what is it that you like about this poem? Why did you choose it for us today? For so many reasons. <laughs> When I first read the selected poem, I quickly realized that the famous poet is none other than Walter MacDonald. Uh, Bradley subtly reveals MacDonald's identity, not by mentioning his name, but through his skillful selection of images and incidents, which are immediately recognizable. Bradley's wit and irony, which I mentioned previously, are manifest in the cameraman and reporter from Dallas, who, having read a number of McDonald's poems, are convinced that they are true stories torn from the fabric of the poet's actual life. Each is eager to see where the true stories occurred what the men startlingly begin to learn is the pride MacDonald takes in fashioning poems from his creative imagination. An imagination uh, so vivid and limitless that he is able to flesh out entire generations of relatives and ranching life. Relatives who come across to the reader as unquestionably real, despite the fact that none of them is an actual relative of the poet who never even lived on a ranch. Bradley is successful in using the poem to showcase MacDonald's imaginative prowess as a literary artist, placing him uh, in the aesthetic tradition of Wallace Stevens, who once defined poetry as, quote, the perfect synthesis, a 
of reality and imagination, end quote. Well, thank you for that uh, detailed analysis of the poem. Let me try to pick up on a couple uh, issues here that we could explore a bit. The fact that Bradley doesn't mention Walt MacDonald by name is intriguing to me. I think anyone who knows the work of Walt MacDonald will pick up on the clues pretty quickly. A reader who doesn't know very well the work of Walt MacDonald might start trying to figure out who the person is, who the you is and eventually give up. But what intrigues me about Bradley's withholding of the identity is that it doesn't really matter. If you're interested in Walt MacDonald, it matters. If you're interested in just interested in poetry, then it doesn't matter because what Bradley says about Walt MacDonald applies to most poets, the importance of the imagination. Exactly. I could not agree with you more. I surmise that by not mentioning MacDonald's name, Bradley in some way forces the reader in her attempt to identify the famous poet to pay closer attention to the phrases lifted from MacDonald's poems and hence to the vividness of MacDonald's descriptive prowess. That's the only reason I can think of he failed to identify the famous poet. But I agree with you in your mentioning that that's really not critical to the thrust of the poem. You know, the the famous poet could be any poet. And what any great poem wants from a reader is close attention to detail. Exactly. And I think that's a subtle way of somewhat forcing it. <laughs> mm-hmm. To to my mind, the crux of the poem is in that fifth stanza where we read, imagine them, you want to say, but these are men who cannot imagine something they've already seen. I think a reader working through this poem for the first time would probably pause there and, and say, wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh, usually you say that men who You refer to men who cannot imagine something that they haven't seen already. So Mm -hmm. here's an inversion. Can can you explain that a little bit? What is Bradley doing here very cleverly? It does. First of all, I think his phrasing that you just mentioned emphasizes the unimportance of the imagination to many ordinary people who are not regular readers of serious poetry. I think Bradley deviates from the more conventional phrasing because the journalists have, in fact, already read a number of MacDonald's poems and uh, have already pictured the events which they assumed were actual and the locations of which they hoped to see firsthand. And I'm sure that's why they brought along their camera and wanted to visit the poet. So these three lines in stanza five get at that wonderful paradox of poetry where poetry offers a fresh view of what we already can see, what we already know. Actually, uh, you're spot on. It is often said that things are not, in fact, as they are in a final sense, but as they seem to be which I think speaks to the power of the human being's 
perceptive faculty. In the, uh, and you often hear that fiction is truer than truth, and that baffles a lot of people unless they think through it. But what, what creative writers try to tap into is universal human experiences, which speak to the deepest part of all of us. So if they use something they imagine to pull that off, they've accomplished an extraordinary task. Can you explicate for us the reference to the sky being overcast and irregular and then the following line, they can't trace the clouds with a finger? What is he getting at there? I shall give it my best shot. Uh, That in many ways is the crux of the poem. That's probably why Bradley saved it for last. The sky, at least to me, uh, that he refers to is a metaphor for the elusiveness of human perception and reality. Philosophers, collectively, have never even been able to agree on a precise definition of reality. Human perception is, as we all know, a highly complex and ever-changing phenomenon. People will be talking about that from now on, no doubt. The clouds are pointless in that they are ever-shifting and hence resist fixation in any manner. So these fellows would want to take their finger and trace the outline of clouds. Right. They They, want to trace the outline of something that's ever-shifting. Uh-huh. And that's impossible to do. (laughs) So they'd rather have clouds that aren't shifting. They want something that's stable and easily identifiable. You bet. Okay. And then the sky, I think it's important that he says the sky only seems to say. He doesn't say the sky says. The sky only seems to say. And the only barn door which can be envisaged as closing is unreal. And the phrase, the slamming of the barn door, is from one of MacDonald's early poems, which I recall first reading in the Cape Rock, oh my goodness, 25 or 30 years ago. Larry, we also want to ask you to read one of your own poems for us. I would be happy to, to compliment the selected poem by Bradley. I'm going to read one of my poems, which I dedicated to Walt MacDonald. It's from my new and selected poems, As If Light Actually Matters, which was recently issued by Texas Review Press. With a chest of wings, Caliban, in blue, for Walt McDonald. As a child, he spent hours on end, staring into the cloudless blue skies above Lubbock watching for hawks, riding thermals, their talons clutched like nooses, pulled taut. In hard winters, he studied hawks, frozen upright atop fence posts, their talons sunk a half inch deep in cedar, eyes locked wide open, beaks parted with bubbles of bloody ice. 
he spent hours on end watching and studying hawks as if he knew he would crouch one day strapped inside the fuselage of a fighter jet. A fighter jet, nothing but a hawk itself with plumes of gleaming metal whooshing through the skies of enemies, positioning itself for a dogfight, as if he knew, with luck and God's good grace, he'd make it home again, only to dream of those who didn't, the unlucky ones parachuting to the clutches of Charlie, Buddies with the eyes of hawks, locked wide open, riveted to their trembling, helmeted skulls. What a great poem, Larry. Thank you for sharing that with us. Well, my privilege. I love the way you read your poetry. You caress every word. That took a lot of practice. (laughs) (laughs) When I first started uh, reading my poetry public, In the late 1990s, I guess, I realized I had a new art, the art of performance, which is distinctly different from the private art of composing poems in our underwear, (laughs) in our study. And I tried very, I studied performers whom I admire, uh, performers in all genres, and uh, really paid attention to phrasing, accents, and breath. I also like the way you engage with Jerry Bradley's poem. His poem uh, talks about the role and importance of imagination in general terms, and you offer a specific example, horrible as it is, of uh, (laughs) where imagination can go when it's derived from an actual observation. Would that be a fair summing up of the Absolutely it connection. Is. It's been such a pleasure to visit with you today, Larry. I look forward to reading that recent book of yours, As If Light Actually Matters. I think it came out this year, didn't it? Yes, it did. It came out in June from Texas Review Press. All right. Thanks for having me. Our pleasure. This has been a Texas Poets podcast featuring Larry D. Thomas discussing Jerry Bradley's The Texas Country Reporter Interviews the famous poet. The Texas Poets Podcast was created by Terry Jude Miller and is produced by Ann McCready at Inspiratory.com. Support for the Texas Poets Podcast is provided by Texas Christian University in Fort Worth, Texas. The music for this show was performed by Ed and Mim Freita. I'm your host, Stephen Soros. Join us each month for a new podcast in the Texas Poets Podcast series to learn more about the poets of Texas. Texas.